I'm Arya Schwartz, along with my co-host, Rachel Galligan, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. Today, we have Phoenix Mercury head coach, Sandy Brondell. show please consider joining our patreon community for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w today we're honored to have coach sandy brondello on the show she has done it all she's coached an olympic team she's played on an olympic team as a player in the WNBA, she was an all-star as a coach she won coach of the year and won the 2014 WNBA finals let's get right in Coach, so glad to have you on the show. I've always really enjoyed our chats after games in D.C., and we're very excited to have you on the show to dive a little deeper on the Phoenix Mercury. So let's get into the questions. Um, Going into this free agency, obviously you're the coach and not the GM, but I'm curious kind of what your thought process was coming into this free agency period and what you wanted to do for this team. Well, I think, number one, what we wanted to do is to get better. Um, you know, obviously we're an organization that uh, we want to make sure that we're competing for championships every year. And, you know, last year, obviously, um, you know, it's a tough year. Um, anytime your best player and the, the greatest player of all time doesn't get hit the floor, um, you know, it just changes your dynamics of your team. And we had a lot of injuries we had to deal with. Uh, we still made the playoffs, but really, it, you know, we weren't happy with where we were. So, Look, you know, Jim and I spoke at the end of the year and, and for us to compete with the Washingtons, uh, you know, the Kinetics and Seattle, we needed to get better. And, and, you know, we focused on trying to make our roster a little younger. In 19, uh, 2019, we had nine players uh, over, 30 um, and over. And, um, you know, we knew we needed to get younger. It's a very young, vibrant league and um, with a mixture of great veterans, I thought that was the way to go. And, um, you know, getting more athletic, a uh, little bit more playmaking, more shooting, uh, being tougher, better rebounding. I mean, it really covers all areas of basketball, doesn't it? But we just wanted to, you know, try and complement the players that we have and, and Diana and, and Brittany and, and build a team where we think that can compete for a championship. Coach, we are so happy to have you on the show. Obviously, you guys have had one of the most impressive uh, free agency off seasons, at least in my opinion. And obviously there's a lot to unpack here, but let's start with the obvious and, and Skylar Diggins Smith. Can you talk a little bit just about what it means to bring a player like her to your team and kind of how does that uh, affect your expectations for this team? Well, I mean, Skylar's a winner. And I've said this a few times, like, like Diana Tarasi, I've met, her will to win exceeds any player I've ever come across or coached or played with. But Skylar... Diggins Smith is really she's 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 made the same just like Diana and and wants to win. Uh, obviously she didn't play last year, but you saw how well she played in the previous years in the WNBA. She's tough, and you know obviously Diana is a great playmaker, great shooter. But to get a little bit more help alongside her, I think that makes us uh, way more dangerous, especially when we have Brittany Griner on the inside. Um, but look to. To be able to trade and, and get a, an all-star caliber player like Skylar, I mean, that's certainly going to help our expectations in 2020. And how does that impact kind of your style of play? I mean, we could talk about pick and roll. We could talk about Tarasi potentially spotting up more, playing off the ball a little bit. Does, does this um, addition switch up your style of play at all? 
Well, not really. I mean, look, we want to we want to take the best shots every single time. Um, and I think pick and rolls are the hardest thing to guard in basketball, but we also got a dominant inside presence as well. But you need players who are obviously very good in that uh, coming off pick and rolls and making great decisions, but you need the players around it to, to, to open it up for everybody, including Brittany. Um, but just having Diana Trusty off the ball and Skylar coming off a pick and roll, I mean, you have to decide who you're going to guard, how you're going to defend those actions. Um, but look, I'm only talking about three players. For us to be the best best team, we needed players. We think we filled our roster fairly well. But, uh, you know, we need to improve defensively. I think that's an area we haven't been as good as we need to be if we want to be a championship-caliber team. Uh, I feel like we've added players that can certainly help us in those those aspects. But uh, as as far as offensively, you know, we want to we want to push the ball. We've got, obviously, Bria Hartley as well. Um, you know, we've got multiple handlers, and I think that's important for us. Um, but, yeah, now it's all about just developing chemistry with the, so many new players. Coach, for years you have had one of the most versatile players in the league, Dewana, and it seemed like the league has kind of followed your layout, each in their own way. You know, L.A. has done it in their own way. Seattle, D.C. come to mind. Do you see yourself as a trendsetter in the way you have paired a dominant presence with a versatile stretch player? Oh, no, look, there's so many great players. I think every team has that. Um, you know, Dewana, uh, she had a fantastic career for the Phoenix Mercury. I mean, winning three championships. And, you know, I was able to coach for the last six years. And, and she's one of my favorite players. But, you know, sometimes players want to move move on. Um, so we obviously want to wonder what everything that she's done for this organization. Um, and she's going to help Connecticut. You know that because of her versatility, being able to play the three and the four, uh, uh, being able to shoot the ball like she does, her one-on-one capacity, her rebounding, um, you know, so she'll be missed. But, you know, we think we've been able to fill some really big gaps for us and we're really excited, you know, to get the season underway. Coach, let's dive into some of those gaps. I mean, obviously you can never fully replace a player like Dewana Bonner. I mean, we, we've talked about her extensively the last few years in particular and just the level of play in which she is capable of playing at. But, you know, you had some really interesting signings in Jessica Breeley and ne- Jessica Breeland and Nia Coffey, um, two players who uh, d- different points of their career. But how do you see uh, Jessica Breeland fitting in with that loss um, and playing alongside Griner and then, the, you know, the continued development of Nia Coffey? Well, I think that they're two players uh, that filled positions that we needed to fill. And, um, you know, when we had the opportunity to talk this trade with Brown January, I mean, we considered it, obviously, because we needed another four. We just lost one of the best fours um, in the WNBA, even though uh, Dewana Bonner like, is very good at playing the three as well. But she's a stretch player. And that's what Jessica Breland gives us. Um, so I, I've always admired her game because she's just a... She just fits in where she needs to. She's really expanded her game. She's shooting threes, obviously, though, although she's better to that long too. But it'll create even more space. Um, you know, when you have a dominant inside presence like Brittany, you need shooters around her to open it up even more for her. So, you know, I think Jessica and pick and rolls will be a hard guard. Um, but her IQ certainly helps us. I mean, but she plays well at both ends of the floor. So, you know, fitting her around... BG, we thought that was important for her, but we're also excited about our young kids' development and Brianna Turner. Uh, she's just been second in MVP in Australian League uh, behind Kia Nurse. Um, had a really 
great season. It's been great to see her development as well. And then Alana Smith. We haven't seen the best of Alana. Obviously, she's carried a lot of injuries. Uh, she's getting healthy. and She'll be ready to go by, by training camp. So we're excited about their development as well. Um, but, you know, Jessica is an experienced post player that will play well with these players that we've brought in. Um, and then Mia Poppy, look, you know, she was a four in college. You know, people say she has to be a three, and that's where we may use her at both spots. But um, I think you saw her development last year. She's shooting three. She's doing the pull-up, and she's young. She's 25 years of age and is going to get better and better with more experience that she has. So, um, But she also brings us a lot of toughness in that three spot because, you know, WNBA, you can play a little small ball, but can some teams go a little bit bigger, you need to be able to defend them as well. And and Nia will certainly bring bring us that on the defensive end, but also the offensive end. A little different for what other players that we have. I mean, she's, you know, a little slasher, but a little physical player will be able to post her up as well. You know, I feel like you might have seen our show notes because you segued perfectly into my next question. Uh, last year, you guys destroyed the draft, and I think it's fair to say you came away after draft day with, with the biggest bag. Um, can you talk to us about your use of these young players and the development that you kind of see these sophomores and what expectations you have for them coming into this season? Yeah, look, um, look, we we're really happy last year with them. Be able to get three players, um, you know, and we've got, we haven't even spoken about Sophie Cunningham and what she did at Missouri, but just the toughness that she brings. But these are young players and, you know, they're going to get better and better with every experience that they had. And you saw, you know, Brianna Turner um, and Sophie in particular, because Alana was out injured, but they had opportunities to play last year and we we're happy with their progress. And you know, we're, we're expecting, you know, them to continue to climb in the mountain, getting better and better. And, um, you know, but Brianna Turner, she just got, she just got, once she got comfortable playing in the pro game, it is different coming from college. Um, they don't prepare for that. So it took her a few weeks to get into a rhythm, understanding how we play all the different concepts that we're, we're used to. But she, I mean, she was great for us. I mean, she really played hard. She was real, um, you know, you always guarded the best player, you know, defensive, the defense, uh, or the fours on the other teams, you know, guarding Daladon, Downing, you know, to, uh, Wilson um, from Vegas. So they were hard guards, but she held her own. So but we're excited for her to continue to develop her offensive game as well um, and just growing in confidence. And the, the same goes for the others, I think. You know, Sophie Cunningham, she never backs down. You're not, you're always going to know you're going to get a lot of grit and effort and uh, three-point shooting. And then Alana, you know, it's it's unfortunate she got injured last year. She would have had a lot of opportunities. But, um, you know, I get to coach her with the Opals as well, and, and she's getting back full uh, healthy. And, um, you know, I'm excited for her just to continue to grow a game and, and growing in confidence. And sometimes that's what it's about with those younger ones, knowing that, hey, you guys, just go out there and play your game um, and, and hopefully we'll continue that development. Coach, heading into the 2020 draft coming up here um, not too long from now, um, wh how do you feel uh, you guys have to approach this draft? You know, what, what do you feel like your needs are? Um, it, this is a, a strong draft class that may not be incredibly deep, uh, but at least we talk about the first round being pretty strong. But how do you feel about this draft in particular and, and everything that you can say about it? And, and what do you feel like your needs are? Yeah, look, I mean, I think it is a strong draft. Um, you know, obviously the top four in particular, but we're still waiting to see what juniors come out and they'll make it a little bit stronger. And I think the next few weeks you're going to see, you know, other players 
taking big steps forward and, and that's what usually happens. You know, you get close to the draft day and play, you're talking about players that maybe you didn't talk about at the start of the season. Um, but look, you know, we've, uh, you know, with all the trades that we made, we still have a first round pick, which we're excited about. And, you know, right now, I mean, we also, we signed Tia Vaughn recently and we just think that's another, having another big body that is a five man that can back up BG so I don't have to play her 38 minutes, which is going to be great. Um, but that experience, but in that, you know, in the 10th spot, I think, you know, Jim and I will be looking at taking the best player available, um, but probably most, most likely on the perimeter. Okay. And then my next question, just kind of segueing into our next topic, it would be hard pressed for me not to have you on here and ask you about uh, Diana Tarazi. Like you said earlier in the show, the greatest player in the world, obviously, I think I speak for everybody um, who is involved with women's basketball that we missed her tremendously last year. Um, how, how is Tarazi doing and kind of, is there a plan for her in this next year? Do you, do you expect it to be limited? Do you expect her to be full go? Kind of uh, what, what can we expect out of Tarazi in 2020? Look, she works harder than anyone. And I say that, look, and it was disappointing. It was a, it was hard for her to sit out last year, but she wasn't healthy. And, but um, she's feeling the best she's, she's felt um, in over a year and a half um, from the injury when it first happened. So we just tr- continue to prog- progress that. And look, obviously, I don't really want to play in 30-plus minutes, but Diana's going to be Diana. I mean, she'll be the best prepared out there. And, um, you know, it's exciting that we've added other pieces around us. So we don't have to demand so much of her all the time and having to do everything, being an old, involved in every single play. So I think that's going to help her as well. But look, Diana is, is, is ready. She's doing all the work that she can. And, um, you know, 2020, uh, I don't know if that'll be her last year. As long as we can keep her healthy, I think she'll keep playing until, you know, someone tells her she can't play any longer. I mean, that's how, how, how much passion and how competitive she is. I, I got to ask, we, we've, we've touched on it briefly about the Olympics, and it's a big conversation going around right now. Uh, you're the coach of the Opals. Uh, which I have enough questions about why they're called the Opals. We'll get to that different time. Um, but I, I'm curious, how do you compartmentalize handling these two roles, even more so when you're talking about, you know, the Olympics being in the middle of the WNBA season? How, how do you handle that? And how do you get the best out of both jobs? Well, I mean, I love what I do. Um, you know, I love coaching the WNBA in the best league in the world. And I mean, and there's nothing better than obviously coaching your, your country, especially at the Olympics. And, you know, this is not new for us in the WNBA. We've had these stoppages, um, you know, every year since I've been involved. Um, and it's just a part of it. So I, I, it's more like we've got a job to do. And, you know, obviously now I have a camp at the end of March in Australia my, before all the WNBA, Australian WNBA players go off to their teams and, uh you know, we just, you focus on one day at a time. Okay, we're with the Opals. That's what we're focused on. We get to the WNBA. I mean, that's the team that you're focused on. Um, and I'm no different. It's more like, I, I you know, I, I'm pretty blessed to be able to do both of these jobs, and, but I want to make sure I'm doing both into the best of my ability. But when I'm in with the Phoenix Mercury, my focus is really just on that. And, and until the Olympic break, and then my, my focus will go back to the Opals and, you know, hoping that, uh, you know, we can... Uh, keep improving our game and, and, and come home with another medal. You know, we spend a lot of time talking about Team USA and kind of their collegiate tour and, and their qualifier and all that sort of stuff. But how's it going with you guys and the Opals as you guys qualify and get prepared for the Tokyo Olympics? Well, the, you know, it, it's a different 
situation now. We all have to go through the pre-Olympics. The last time we had a pre-Olympics was, was in 1992. I was a member of that team and we failed to make it to Barcelona. So I certainly know how that felt. Um, and it came down to the last game when we lost by three and, and you know, only the top three went at, at that stage. So we're out. And, um, so, but look, just a, it's just a relief just to get your stamps to go to Tokyo um, yeah, we have great expectations. That's what we're expecting. Australia, we're ranked second in the world. We've won a lot of Olympic medals. Rio was a bit of a hiccup for us. But it is one of the hardest things to do is to win an Olympic game um, because the 12 teams going, really, the top 10 teams, really, realistically have a chance at winning a medal. So it's more about just making sure who's playing the best on that day. But, you know, hopefully the Opals will be. Um, you know, we haven't had a lot of preparation. I think that's been a real struggle for me. It's a real struggle when USA actually have more preparation than me um, at the moment. So that's never really happened, but it's kind of new for me. But look, I'll have a camp uh, at the end of March for a, a week and then we'll get back together on July 7th, 8th and um, we'll, we'll go from there. And hopefully that those two weeks together preparing against quality opponents will get us ready uh, to play our best basketball Coach, it's fascinating. It's, it's incredible what you're able to do. And I've always admired um, kind of the level in which you've been able to coach at. So huge props to you and, and best of luck with you and the Opals in the Olympics. Um, I do want to ask before we, we wrap this up um, here in a few minutes, but I, I have to talk about the new CBA. Um, and obviously this free agency period is like anything we've seen before. Um, what, what are your takeaways? You know, I mean, there's a lot to unpack with the CBA, so you don't have to go into huge in-depth, but we have seen more free agency moves. We've seen a lot more um, just just hype around the WNBA. Kind of how are you feeling about, one, the CBA, and then, two, this free agency and all the moves that are being made? Well, you know, number one, the CBA, I think, look, I think the players – WNBA, they listened to the players and, and they did what they could. Um, so I think that's fantastic to get more money. I mean, obviously improve a lot of it, not just the health and well-being, but getting their own hotel, the airplane. That all matters to a player. And being a former player, I know, you know, where they're coming from. Um, so, you know, really excited about this new year. And I'm actually loving all the moves. I think it's great. And it's, you, you, it's, we're becoming a big topic. Uh, more and more people are talking about us and we're going to create even more rivalries because you've got a lot of players really, obviously, you know, Skylar Diggins leaving from one team, coming to another. And I think that's great for the WNBA and it's another opportunity for us to continue to grow our game um, bigger and bigger. Um, so, look, you know, um, it's, it's been amazing the moves, to be quite honest. Um, it's exciting, but, you know, I'm happy where uh, the Phoenix Mercury roster is at the moment and really can't wait to get the season started. Coach, we're, we're very grateful for your time. I do have one last question that you kind of touched on there. What is it like, if, if my stats are correct, you're the only head coach in the WNBA who played in the league. Um, talk to me about what it what it's like to, to do that. I know that, you know, in the current CBA, there was that adjustment that if you have a former player coming on, you can, you can add them to your coaching staff at a, at a more complete position and sit on the bench with them. What does that mean to you to kind of, I know I've talked to you before about being a trailblazer in a variety of other ways, but I mean, you're definitely a trailblazer in this effect currently in the league. Yeah, I am. And really kind of saddens me that I'm really the only former player that's been a head coach at the moment. Obviously, Katie was there, and um, but it's great to see us uh, back still with, in, in the league with the Minnesota Lynx. And if I, 
look, I'm always going to be pushing for that. I think more, more former players, um, it'd be great to have them, you know, in uh, coaching or, you know, in the front office, whatever. Um, so hopefully that continues to change as we, as we move forward. Um, but look, you know, I, I love coaching. I loved playing when I played. And I did that professionally for 18 years. And when I retired, I had a great opportunity moving into assistant coach roles at San Antonio Silverstar. So forever grateful for Dan Hughes uh, for giving me that opportunity. But um, yeah, no, look, I just, you know, I love the role that I'm doing. And, and you know, obviously I want to make sure that I keep getting better and better every year. And, um, and hopefully you know, providing other people with the opportunity to see that, you know, anything is possible and hopefully we'll see more women coaching in the WNBA. I appreciate your time, Coach. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you. As we always say, we believe the players of the W and its community deserve the same in-depth analysis and respect that men's sports receive on a daily basis. With that in mind, please consider joining our Patreon community to help support us and the hard work that we do.